Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Peter met this guy and was probably intimidated by him. The Apostle Paul's dazzling intellect, no doubt telling him, oh, let me, let me explain to you how the Old Testament, at every, turn to any page you want, and I will show you how the Old Testament books, how the prophets of the Old Testament, the Bible writers of the Old Testament pointed to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ. Is Jesus Christ alone enough for our salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, and for eternal life? Well, many would say yes in theory. In practice, many seem to feel salvation is found in Jesus plus something, or in Jesus minus something. In the area of Galatia, part of Turkey today, the Apostle Paul is writing to churches to combat the false teachers that have come in. But these false teachers are smart, and work hard to discredit the Apostle Paul. So what will he say? As we close Galatians chapter 1, he will call upon Christ and his work to come to his defense. Here's Pastor Jim. Two weeks ago, we began our study in the book or the letter of Galatians, and we said that the Apostle Paul, right out of the box, took his boxing gloves off and was becoming an MMA fighter ready to rumble. He was fighting against people who were adding to the gospel. We call this the Jesus plus crowd. You need Jesus plus something else to have your sins forgiven, Jesus plus something else to go to heaven. Uh, In this case, it was Jesus plus circumcision. Not a popular message today, by the way. (laughs) I didn't didn't bring that one up at the men's... uh, at the men's dinner we had the other night. There's other things, though. Jesus plus, you know, baptism in our water, Jesus plus certain rituals, Jesus plus certain uh, sacraments, things that maybe are meant to point to Christ but are not to replace what Jesus Christ has done for us. That kind of stuff has always been around, and I fear it always will be around. I don't think we're going to see the end of it in our lifetime, In our day, it's probably not as popular as it used to be. What's more popular now is uh, Jesus minus. They don't really need the full counsel of God. We can pick and choose which parts of the, the Bible we want to believe and which parts we choose to ignore. It takes many forms. And in the last, gosh, I can't believe it's almost 100 years. Probably about 85 to 90 years, we have seen a lot of what we might call uh, theological liberalism in the United States of America. One of the hallmarks of theological liberalism is actually something that is going on here in Galatians, although I wouldn't call these guys theological liberals, but it it is trying to separate the teaching of Jesus from the teaching of the Apostle Paul, saying that they are not the same teaching, not the same gospel. Now, 
Very few people will actually say that. Do we hear what I just said? So you have to learn how to smell it. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about how to smell it. And it it goes something like this, maybe not so blatant, but it is behind the scenes of the message. Jesus, oh, he's so lovey-dovey. Jesus is about love and kindness all the time. He never has a harsh word to say to anybody. He's never mean to anybody. He's always so nice. And he's about kindness and, and good works. And he's always so much more inclusive than everybody else. The Apostle Paul, oh, what a curmudgeon. Strict, narrow, he says, come to the cross or you can't come to God. So what they do is they avoid the Apostle Paul and they focus on sweet Jesus. How many of you have heard of Christopher Hitchens? Christopher Hitchens was, one of the, was a fierce, fierce atheist, really snarky guy, hated Christian, Christianity, died a few years back, a relatively young man. He got very, very sick. And somebody at one of the debates that he was at said in the question and answer thing, well, I follow Jesus because Jesus never has a rough word to say for anybody. And the staunch atheist looks the person right in the eye and goes, he's from England, goes, have you ever read him? Have you ever heard him? He's like, Jesus is constantly in people's faces. Even he knew it. Many people will focus on the kind red letters of the Bible. Red letter Bibles are supposed to help us understand when Jesus is speaking, not to elevate them over the rest of the word of God. If it's the word of God, it's the word of God. And many people who read the red letter Bibles only only look at the red letters, leave Jesus more difficult words and say, well, we're going to skip that, and that must kind of stuff must be for the Apostle Paul and his disciples. Well, not us, as we are going to dive headlong into the Apostle Paul tonight. How common is this? It is everywhere. It is all around us. And uh, while, it take, while it likes the Apostle Paul's encouraging verses, that's about it. And that is part of the problem in the churches in the region of Galatia that the apostle is writing this letter to. The false teachers that have come into the area churches have claimed uh, to be followers of Jesus' teaching and the teaching of the Jerusalem apostles, Peter and the gang, and they want to ignore this rabid convert who became a Christian after Jesus ascended into heaven when he met Jesus. We'll talk about that in a bit. And they are claiming that he is not one of the true apostles. And the apostle Paul fights back. And because this is such an important moment here in Christian history, we're probably only at about 50 AD. We're probably only about 20 years after Jesus is gone. And and he is telling us, that he got his gospel supernaturally from Jesus Christ after he met the risen Christ and that his gospel can be trusted for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Now, anybody can say that. 
So he's gonna lay out why his gospel is trustworthy. Let's look at uh, verse 18, we'll pick it up there. Then after three years, probably three years after his conversion, the timing is very, very difficult. Uh, We'll see that when we get to chapter two. Interesting three years, same amount of time that the apostles trained with Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth, the apostles, Paul seemed to have his own private training, uh, Jesus' own private training, a trainer. Interesting, it says after three years. Notice that he doesn't rush into church leadership. He doesn't rush into pastoral ministry. He doesn't rush into demanding a, a position in the church. Serving, yes, but a period of learning, a period of growing in grace. Remember, we said he was an angry persecutor of the church. So maybe a period of taking care of his stuff. Few things more dangerous than young men going into the ministry who have a lot of stuff they haven't, they haven't dealt with yet. So then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. James was the, not James, the brother of John. This is James, the little brother of Jesus, who was the leader of the Jerusalem church. Verse 20, now concerning the things which I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. So he's making an oath to them. He is saying, I'm telling you the truth. So again, the circumcision for salvation crowd claimed that that they had the blessing of the apostles from Jerusalem. They are the they 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 know the real apostles. So they're coming into town saying, "Don't believe the apostle Paul. We know the real apostles. So listen to what it is that we have to say." And it's it's an amazing thing. Um, people love religion that elevates humans. They absolutely love it. That is the essential problem with mankind. We want to be God ourselves. We think we're pretty darn good, and God sees us in rebellion to his authority, in rebellion to his kingship. And again, the apostle Paul said, no, told the people, I have a message from the Lord, but, but anybody could say that. And then he tells them, listen, let me tell you the history of my knowing these guys. They claim that they know the apostles in Jerusalem. I'm gonna tell you about how I know them. He says, I ran to them, Okay, not to learn from them. I spent three years basically alone with the Lord, reading my Bible, praying. We don't know what was going on between him and God and and Jesus. And during that time, his theology developed. Now, 15 days is too short to learn as much material as in this guy's head. This is just a little... So basically, let's getting to know you meeting. He's, he's going out. He's now starting to do the work of the ministry. He comes to them. He meets with them, lets them know who he is. They already knew who he was because they knew of his reputation. They knew Barnabas, who had taken him under his wing. They had that friend in common at the beginning of his, his conversion. Uh, and I just think, man, would I have loved to been a fly on the wall. To, to, just, to just listen to the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter 
as they spoke about Christ, as, as uh, the apostle Peter, knowing the earthly Christ, walking with him on earth, the apostle Paul meeting the, the risen Christ, and both of them talking about their calling to the ministry, their calling to follow Jesus, the, 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 the conversion story that each one of them had. And I would imagine that Peter was, Paul was saying to him, tell me what it was like. And, and Peter telling him what it was like to, to walk with Jesus and watching all the miracles and, and watching the way he dealt with people and watching the way he dealt with the religious leaders. And then how when Jesus ascended into heaven, Peter would be like, and then all of a sudden me, kind of a dumb fisherman, half-educated fisherman, going out and preaching in power, the power of the Holy Spirit, that there was salvation in no other name, and people were professing Christ, they were repenting, they were believing, and the church was born. All this before the Apostle Paul met the risen Christ. And here in Galatians, the Apostle Paul says that he learned his gospel from the Lord, but that would never mean that he would be unwilling to listen to Peter and learn things about Christ from Peter. I would imagine Peter met this guy and was probably intimidated by him. The Apostle Paul's dazzling intellect no doubt telling him, oh, let me, let me explain to you how the Old Testament, at every, turn to any page you want, and I will show you how the Old Testament books, how the prophets of the Old Testament, the Bible writers of the Old Testament pointed to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe me, let's hear it from the pen and mouth of Peter himself, 2 Peter 3, 14 and 16 through 16. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, Peter says, be diligent to be found by him in Jesus, in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider, consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all his epistles, all his letters, speaking in them these things in which some things are hard to understand. I love that. Peter says, I can't even understand some of the stuff the brother's writing. Which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. So he said, I know these guys that are going out saying this stuff about Paul. They have him all wrong. So here, the Apostle Paul's writing to the churches in Galatia. Uh, he's saying, listen, the Jerusalem apostles know me. They know that our message agree. They know that uh, my message, my gospel, just like their message and their gospel was from the Lord. And he's trying to communicate to the people in Galatia, don't listen to these other guys who tell you it's Jesus plus, because did you know you cannot improve the gospel. That Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place for your sins, and if you put your trust in him, your sins will be forgiven and you can go to heaven. You cannot improve it, you can only destroy it. You can only ruin it. Now, it's important to understand what the Apostle Paul is saying here 
and what he is not saying. He's saying that he got his gospel from Jesus, but he is saying that his, but his independence, okay, uh, from them in getting the message does not mean that he had a spirit of independence that marks so many in the body of Christ. A lot of people these days in the body of Christ are free agents. They go from here to there to here to there, and they don't plant their roots down anywhere. That is not what he is saying. He is saying that I was going to, we're going to see in a bit, I was in a different place. Christ revealed the gospel to me. I'm going to be called to minister to a different place other than Jerusalem. But what's important is that you know is that the Jerusalem apostles approve of my gospel, despite what these other jokers are saying. So he did not have a spirit of independence. Authority is a dirty word in most people's hearts today, even in the church. Yet, you know, now, gosh, I can't believe it. I'm going to be a Christian 30 years soon. I got got saved when I was 10. (laughs) Five? (laughs) But I have noticed over the years that a lack of being under authority. Remember the centurion said, I am a man of authority under authority. A lack of people being willing to be under authority. And that, can, that means whether you're the boss, you're the dad, you're the, you're the founding pastor, that goes for everybody. A lack of being under authority will hinder your personal ministry. You see, you see it all the time. It is a very, very common thing. Over the years, I have... I have noticed a lot of different things about people, not so much here because this is kind of the place where people like what I'm about to describe really, really don't thrive. But, but sometimes like these guys, like these Judaizers, like these Jesus plus guys that are in Galatia, they're legalists. And a lot of times legalists hold authority too high. When they think it's what you do, they venerate people. They're just like, oh, this guy did this. We got to follow this guy. And, you know, not the Bible. Forget about the Bible. We'll follow what this guy did. And, 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 and this is fine. But the libertine, the people who think that doesn't matter how you live, they, they, <laughs> they have a to- usually have a total disrespect for authority. Oh, no, we're free. We don't live under any kind of authority to anybody, and especially even to, to God. But the gospel respects authority while not venerating it. So you say, I can't stand my boss. By the way, who made him your boss? (laughs) The Lord made him your boss. So we don't venerate the boss, but we respect the boss. And the call to be an apostle, we have to remember, was was a unique call. It was an authority that came from Jesus Christ himself And when we read the Bible, we have to understand that God gave these guys the authority to write for the reason to get the church started and to set the level of the way a church should function because if there's no organizational aspect at all, then the church is not going to function well. So the apostles taught and wrote the word of God and set authority level in the churches. Now, authority doesn't mean, you know, like, well, we're so bossy and we're just going to tell everybody what to do. 
No, anybody who's an authority or a leader in a church is supposed to be someone in authority, under authority. But part of it is that the, the church leadership is responsible to guide the church. The church leadership is responsible to confirm gifts that they see in the lives of people. So for any of us, including me, for any of us to, who, who argue constantly for our own independence, I think it's fair to say that in many ways we are, we are not really under the authority of Christ. We're under our own authority. Verse 21, afterward, now remember that we saw and in, in we talked about way back when we, <laughs> when we talked about his, his conversion in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, that some people wanted to kill him. He was a traitor to Judaism. He said afterward, so no matter where he went now, the very people he was working for, they hate him. Some of you know what that is. You used to work for Satan, and, and now you work for the good team, and you realize your old boss hates you. And he's like, hey, you know, I never took any taxes out of your check. You still owe me something. You're like, I don't think so. <laughs> that's, that's your job. So afterward, I went to the regions of Syria. Now, um, Antioch, which is the, going to be the Apostle Paul's sending church, he was sent out from a church to do the work of the ministry. Uh, that is, Antioch is in Syria. So he went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, uh, remember, his name was Saul of Tarsus. We talked about that last time. And, and uh, Tarsus is in Cilicia, so where he was originally from. And I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. So he was unknown to them, uh, but, but except by reputation. And the words are spreading about him. And verse 23 says, but they were hearing only... He who formerly persecuted us, remember we talked about that recently, this Sunday, I think, that the Apostle Paul was a guy who would go out and he would, he would do synagogue and temple justice for people who had converted to Christianity. But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. Could you imagine the people hearing that? They're like, some people would be like, this is amazing. Other people would be like, I'm not so sure we trust him. It's a cover. And they glorified God in me. So here's what's beginning to happen. You can read about this in the book of Acts. As the Lord uh, begins to work among the Gentiles outside of the area of Palestine, outside of the area of Israel, he raises up a key church in, in Syria in the city of Antioch. So the Lord just breaks out of work there. It's really starting to happen. It's really going well. And so the Jerusalem apostles send Barnabas, who was friends with the apostle Paul when he first got converted. They send Barnabas up to Antioch. So Barnabas gets up there and he sees what's going on. He's like, man, this is happening up here. The spirit is moving. People are becoming Christians. These are, these are, these are pagans starting to, trying, starting to worship the living God. And immediately he thinks, I know the guy who we need to bring here. We need to bring the apostle Paul. 
So these two guys are ministering together in Antioch. Interesting, in the book of Acts, you'll see Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, and then all of a sudden it becomes Paul and Barnabas as the apostle Paul really rises in prominence above him because of just the calling and the giftedness that God has given him. And so these two are, the, are ministering in Antioch while the 12, the apostles, uh, they appointed one more apostle in the book of Acts to take Judas's place. They stayed among the Jews in Israel. Thank you for listening to Change by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? Changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or to request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray that you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching through God's Word with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.